From multiple Martha, Martha, Martha locations in Minneapolis or near enough, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. And hey, I'm Alan Burns-Johnson, and I also make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are ending projects and starting projects. And so, if everyone is ready... Let's start. Who wants to talk first? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we have some news, uh, some programming notes in today's uh-huh. meta. Uh, I am leaving the show. Yep. So, there you go. <laughs> now you all know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. Do, do you want to talk? I mean, that's a thing to spring it? on us right <laughs> at the last minute. Yeah, Martha. bye guys. <laughs> right, and my crap. And <laughs> uh, no, this is something that I've been. Uh, thinking about for a, a while now um just with my job is pretty intense and uh, i just bought a new house and there's lots of projects that i want to do and i i feel like i haven't been giving the show as much attention that it needs um and and i want like if i'm gonna do i, I really want the show to succeed and be really good and i don't think i can put in the time anymore that 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 requires um, but uh, Ellen is here, and I'm joining the show. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> On balance, it's neutral news, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. You know, Martha said that I have the time to do the show. I will make the time to do the show. Um, you say um, that now. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's going to be really cool. I've really enjoyed being on the episodes where you've had me as a guest and it's been fun and people tell me that it was fun to listen to, so I will keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when Martha came to us and said like this is what I'm thinking, then we all we said okay, well how do we make this the best transition? What does it mean for the show? And I think very quickly we were like Let's just ask Ellen. <laughs> yeah, that was like the immediate first answer. Yep. Like, who went calling no Ellen is great. <laughs> and Martha, I'm guessing it might have been a little bit easier for you to leave us in the lurch because you knew that we could we could talk to Ellen. Oh, right. Yeah, like I was really, really ner- like I I had such a hard time even talking to you guys about it because I really didn't want like I didn't want to lose your friendship and I didn't want to ruin the show and. And knowing that someone can t- come and take this, take it on, that I'm really excited. To- like last episode, I was just listening to a lot of what everyone was saying. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to become a listener of this show. It's going to be so great. Uh-huh. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, it does certainly makes the transition easier for us, especially in these trying times. This is not what we were planning. Yeah, it's a little um, weird yeah. timing wise. Uh, I didn't plan for that part of it um because <laughs> yeah. we, we set this in motion before we had to start recording the show remotely yes um and but it does make it a little bit easier but i think i want to i want to say it clear on the show um that yes it's going to be an easy transition for us hopefully but um if martha had to leave the show and it destroyed the show i think that's probably i would have been fine with that <laughs> if that makes sense 
Do you know what I mean? I think, and, and I think um, listeners who have a project that they work with on friends of theirs, that people who mean a lot to them, um, you, it can be very, uh, it can be very kind of easy to start thinking about the project as, ha- as being the most important thing about your relationship. Mm. But um, it's, and that, I think that ex- some of the concerns you expressed mm-hmm. about that being uh, uh, something that might, like you said, might hurt our, our, our friendship. But I, I, hopefully we made it clear to you when we talked about this weeks and weeks ago that, um, you know, show be damned. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if this, is, if this is what's right for you, then I think that that's more important than having you like, you know, do do something that wasn't good for you to preserve this little thing we have as much as we all care about the thing we have. Thankfully, we don't have to worry about that because we're in a good position to have this transition. Yeah. But we didn't need to be in a good position to make this work for you. Aw. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> that means um, a lot. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this is the part where we'd hug if we were all in different places. I know. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. Okay. I owe each of you one hug. <laughs> Yay. I'm gonna start banking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that we've been like starting to play games together too. Like, oh man. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just gl- really glad. It's all gonna be okay, <laughs> and listener, yeah, yeah. listeners, it's all gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, our listenership will take a huge dip. I think as a result what? of this, we're gonna have to do a lot of work to earn back the. <laughs> <laughs> we will be okay. Yeah. We will be okay. I mean, uh, if it's a consolation at all, Arthur has offered graciously to you know take our places in case you know one of us are out of town or can't do it this week or something. So yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, I'll be the new Ellen, so I'll pop in occasionally uh, when when need be. I think the show is going to change, right? Because mm. Ellen isn't just filling in Martha's shoes as much as Ellen is the new Martha. <laughs> like Ellen's Ellen's our Ellen, so I think yeah. that's that's kind of exciting too for a long-running project to kind of refresh a little bit. So yeah. there's still something, uh, particularly because, you know, we're still going to be hanging out with Martha and playing video games. Uh, it do- this almost just feels like it kind of like a, there's a lot of upside mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. this. That yeah. It's just exciting time for the show to try something new. And, and, and hopefully Ellen bringing a lot of energy that, like, because Stephen and I are also tired of this. <laughs> oh, revelation, right? Oh, no. <laughs> in, in some respects, yeah. I mean, that's not really what I meant, but... Oh. <laughs> Let's come back to that. That's actually a good idea to revisit close to yep. the end of the show, given the topics that we're going to talk about today. It's mm-hmm. true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. But Ellen, uh, tell tell us why you agreed to join the show. Like, other than it seemed like a good idea, like, do you really know what you're in for? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but also something will come up later is I never know what I'm in for when I say yes to something. It's like, oh, yeah. I've never done this before. This would be cool. This sounds cool. Say yes before you think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, uh, to our great benefit. Yeah, yeah. But no, I really enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed the shows that you've had me on before and I really enjoy listening and um, I enjoy coming together with you smart folks to talk about things that we like in a smart way a couple times a month. Like that's a really appealing proposition. So saying yes was, as you know, because you were there, <laughs> not something I had to think about very, very long. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like maybe five seconds before. I, yes. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah. Animal Crossing. Right. Yes. I want to talk oh, about it. I want to talk about Animal Crossing. Is that about- also on our notes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I forced us to put this on our notes because even though this episode isn't coming out for like three weeks or whatever, calendar math, whatever, that's your guys' problem now. Um, <laughs> um, um, I'm like the, uh, the thing that's getting me through besides playing games with everyone is, is, and, you know, Dylan and, everything getting me through this period of weirdness in the world and and stress is animal crossing being there every day to make everything better and give me concrete tasks to do that have like resolution and people are excited like people if someone if an animal crossing character is around when within like eyesight of you doing pretty much anything catching a bug making a craft project um like just standing there they'll start like clapping and being like yeah you did it good job uh, <laughs> that's the kind okay. of validation uh, i think we all need right now so if you if if people aren't already tired of it by now i think uh, i highly mm-hmm. recommend animal crossing this is an update from a previous episode episode when i said that i hadn't played it yet and now i have that's my reaction mm-hmm. so there cool cool is anybody uh, else playing it no, <laughs> I still have not purchased it. I yeah. think I talked. I talked about it last episode, right? Where like I was like, Animal Crossing stresses me out. Yeah, yeah. Now, are they less guilty, guilting about stuff in this? One? I mean, I have been playing every day, oh. so I don't know if they get mad if you're not there. You'll have to up me, update me on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once I get tired of playing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind doing things for people, but if you start guilting me into doing things, then I have a problem. They are, in fact, get annoyed at me for talking to them too much. So they oh. might <laughs> they might have fixed that problem, but I'm not sure. <laughs> They're like, what? You again? Didn't I just see you? <laughs> hilarious. It's very good. I've been seeing a lot of Animal Crossing Twitter content because that's all anybody is playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's, you know, it's, we're not the first to say, but it's the perfect thing for these times. But the two things I really found interesting is one, someone posted a video of, and I don't know how they did this in the game, but it was of one of the NPCs uh, talking to you. And then when you leave screen, the camera stayed on that NPC and they were like jumping around and clapping. And then as soon as you leave, left, they left screen, they went, <sighs> and they kind of, like, put their hands down oh. and like, the the tweet was like that they're just playing a role that like they're in character when you walk by and it is like amazing like wow like, well, we have to find that and put that in the show notes yeah that's amazing that and awesome. then the other thing is um it's the beginning of of april uh where we're recording this and uh the bunny day event oh my I guess god it's easter adjacent has been making everybody angry it's the worst because it- <laughs> Like this, like monster in a bunny suit shows up in your town, and then eggs fall from the sky. Like, is that and everyone's well? Eats it? Yeah. So, like, when you're just doing normal things, like fishing or hitting rocks with things or chopping down trees, instead of the normal resources that you get, instead, most like half the time you'll get these eggs, which are only mm-hmm. good for crafting these very hideous bunny day costumes. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and also, the bunny himself is very terrifying. Like, he didn't have to mention the zipper on his back, but he does. And he insists <laughs> that, you know, 
He is a real animal and not a person in a bunny suit. Believe me. Cross my heart. Hope to die. And <laughs> everyone's like, you, we wouldn't have thought about this at all had you not failed it up. I think you doth protest too much. <laughs> the fact you've mentioned it so many times is really calling attention yes. to it. <laughs> That's funny. It's just amazing how quickly you know Animal Crossing Twitter turned on this <laughs> as a result well, of this. And this is yeah. like the seasonal events is something they're going to do all year round, right? Yes. I think, but I think in one way it's also bringing us together again. Like it's something to be upset about <laughs> that isn't affecting our corporeal forms like right. <laughs> so that can substitute in trivial outrage yeah, exactly <laughs> i like it it just got me thinking steven you can't play this game because there's going to be a halloween event it's true oh yeah okay well so what? much there's, for playing it's going to be like a winter carnival or christmas type event too i imagine that's true it's not going to be the same as christmas though. <laughs> it'll 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 pass i guess uh-huh. my bar for festivity okay well we've stalled long enough do we want to get into the meat of the show sure uh yeah we've come we could also stall a little longer if you like (laughs) i think we've come to martha you can do what you want it's your last just did it (laughs) we just did (laughs) well i think we've come to the end of the meta oh Uh oh oh Transitions. Someone's gonna have to take on transition duty, or who's up for it? You have to record a bunch of them for us before you leave. Um, just yeah, you know that topic. You know. It's time for the next one. Hey, I love that actually. Yes. I'm gonna snip that out and use it. Um. So my topic is ending projects because uh, I'm ending. Well, I'm transitioning to being an. Em- em- well, how do you pronounce that word? Emeritus. Emer. Em- em- you had it. Emeritus. emeritus. To be. Mm-hmm. So I'm transitioning to being a, uh, gu- a guest host slash nice host emeritus, um, and uh, and traditionally I have not been very good at ending projects. Um, I tend to just do them until I'm totally burnt out and uh then ghost on people um so <laughs> i've been trying to to get better at endings uh and and i hopefully this one has gone smoother than hopefully this will go smoothly um so i wanted to talk about it and how how you know when something is done how you stop doing a thing but also don't like make it terrible <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and there's this thing at, in, in Agile, maybe it's from Agile, Ellen, maybe you can jump in on this, but, uh, uh, at my work, at least we have this thing called definition of done, um, where we have to say like, okay, a ticket can't go into the done pile until it has this checklist of things. Like it has to, the code has to be complete. You know, you have to have a unit test. Um, it has to have been tested by QA and and then you can put it in the done pile. Um, so like with ge- a game project, I think we talk a lot about how uh, how scope creep happens all the time <laughs> and mm-hmm. and yep. um, because with a game, you're not really sure what it's going to be at the end. like you're kind of it's like sculpting like you kind of are finding what the game is while you're making it. Um, 
And so how do you, how do you make like a, a done, how do you know when it's done? Like Witch's Satchel is out now in most places. How do we know Witch's Satchel is, when will we know Witch's Satchel is done, done? Because you're still making updates, Mark, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm plan- planning updates, right? So it's, it's done in a sense, <laughs> but then there's also like little, it actually is easier once you get to that point. Yeah. Because you you can uh you're you're not really wasting time when you don't work because it's because <laughs> it's done. <laughs> and then the the update becomes its own little project, right? So there was a patch that I I, I uh, that recently came out that had a lot of like bug fixes and stuff, and a a couple of little tweaks that to to content, but not really a lot. Um, and that was the scope of that part of the project, which was we we actually do have quite a lot of ideas. I've talked about on the show before about things to add to it and things to update and adjust, but. It was nice to now that once it was out, it was nice to in a, a sort of a littler project to then scope it because you already didn't get to everything, mm. so it's much easier to resolve not to get to everything in a weird way. Um, but yeah. but but at the same time, like how many of these updates are we going to do? You know what I mean? Um, uh, like the people who play the game like it, and so it's not there's no one calling. It's not a game that demands more content, but we had ideas that we sort of set aside for post-release um but there's uh, don't we don't have to do them i guess it's like <laughs> i don't know so i don't really know when it's done I, there's something that's a, a, a famous saying that's attributed to many different people in different fields but it's it, a piece of art is not ever finished it's just abandoned oh and that's definitely true <laughs> um <laughs> yeah um and I, I think about that a lot but it doesn't really help me actually process or or like because I, I have that problem like you you it's like oh one more little thing one more little thing one more little thing and even when you make big scope creep decisions, like I'm definitely, this is a great idea. I'm definitely not going to do it. That only helps you so much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like the road that you could have gone down. So it's still there mm-hmm. in your mind or at least in some other universe where you did make that choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, and all the, all the time you save by, by resolving to not do certain things. And that's the main strategy is, is defining the things you're not going to do because then you can catch yourself. But even when you save a lot of time doing that, you now have a little bit of time you can fill with other <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's true. Which is definitely what happens, right? Like you're like, oh, I want to refine this a little bit more. Like the scope that I've decided, I can work on that scope forever. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it isn't really any better <laughs> yeah, necessarily. Well, um, I like the way, uh, I, I think you kind of answered it sort of, Mark, where you were describing mm-hmm. it. Like uh, particularly because Widget Satchel is out now. Any yep. updates you make are additional projects, or separate projects. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the project of Widget Satchel, um, as far as I tell, can tell anyways, is mm-hmm. done. Any mm-hmm. updates are new projects. Widget Satchel 1.1 1. 1 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you could just think of it as a new project at that point. Um, I guess while you're in the middle of a project, it's really difficult to do it. But I like the way you, like, while we were working on Widget Satchel, whenever we came up with new ideas, You'd be like, oh, that's a great idea for Super Widget Satchel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like half of my job managing the team was just being like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you need somebody to do that. To yeah. <laughs> so, it is, um, it's so not fun. It's really it's, not fun. Yeah, um, yeah. It's much more fun to be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> But like, I like the way you described it because like it, it kind of helps define um, for myself, like, or whoever's making suggestions, um, what game or what the game is and what the game should have and shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like you were saying though, like if you're already working on features, it's difficult to know when that feature is complete, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's helpful. It's helpful to keep 
new features or additional features as separate things. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's valuable as a, as a mindset to, to do. I think also like having a backlog that you can rank and re-rank is a good way of dealing with that because you know you have an idea and if you're like if you're in creative mode where you're building something new you're creating something it, that you're kind of seeking that moment where you have the idea and then it becomes a thing that you can it becomes a reality you know that's yeah. that's like the rewarding feeling that you're chasing and but you also don't want to exhaust yourself chasing mm-hmm. that feeling um yeah. So if you have, if you can do something, if you have that idea and you can do something with it so that that idea isn't lost, like putting it on a backlog, then you kind of get that little, you get the, you get the feeling like, okay, this could be part of the thing. And, and I think it makes it easier to separate the decision about whether or not you should implement it now. Um, right. From, is this a good idea for the product? You know, like, yes, it's a great idea for the product. Let's put it on the backlog. And now it's part of the product vision. The decision of when to build it and and the implied decision of will it ever get built is then like a separate one that you can put yourself into a different mindset to make. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's something I think that that more formal structure of 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 that, I think is something I don't think we did a great job of on Widget Satchel. Mm. Because a lot of it was still governed, as a lot of small indie teams are, by like what's fun to work on now. Yeah. Um, and that I think that's that itself. I think I would recommend as a strategy sometimes, right? Because it can it can keep you from getting depressed. <laughs> about the yeah. It also can also can can keep you moving. Like whatever energy you have, whatever is interesting now gets the ball, and that gets moved down the field. But at the same time, you lose a little bit of like the oh, you spent way more time on this thing these last two weeks because you very efficiently worked on something that the game didn't really need, <laughs> instead of inefficiently working on something the game probably did need. And um, and that's I think that's really difficult to manage on a personal level, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's yeah, and, and like I have noticed, like with projects I'm working on, like I, if I'm more inspired to work on this thing, I will do a better job of it, or at least more of it. And so, mm-hmm. like stuff I would like less like doing, uh, like optimization or whatever. Yeah, um, I will not do as great a job of. Um, and it will come to bite me in the <laughs> down the line. So I, 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 I see where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But like, yeah, in terms of like the actual ending of the project, like how do you know that like this game's good enough? Uh, I'm ready to just stop working on it now and give it to people to maybe purchase if they have the money. <laughs> when, when do you? <laughs> when do you? When do you tell yourself that? <laughs> That it's good to go. Like I, I don't. Well, I know that like treasure stack. Did what? Mm-hmm. Did you have a hand in, in d- deciding when that point was? Um, we just put all of the features that Dylan had expressed wanting in the game done, and mm-hmm. then um, then we tried to. Then we like uh, waited until um, we could release it on all the different platforms we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what that was how we handled that. I didn't really the, have the a checklist. hand in. Yeah, checklist, exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it's that simple, right? That's true. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just, and once you check those things off, once it, it's good to go, then that's it. I mean, maybe at that point you can reevaluate and see if you're really satisfied with the product. Um, yeah. But like, you do have to, you have to have a little bit of trust, right? So, like, yeah. oh, especially when you do like, like play testing, like, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, I'm, I, I've done all the play testing I'm going to do on this, but I still have a couple of weeks of work. 
and we're not going to like finish it and then play test it for a, a couple of weeks. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe depends on how your, your structure is, but like sure. at a certain point, you just have to trust your checklist and yeah. just be like, once I do these three things, it is done. Like you have to kind of not do the evaluation. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Sometimes. Sure. Sure. Um, sure. I mean, is yeah. that, is that, is that a, is that a wrongheaded way of approaching? No, I, I don't or? think, I don't think so at all. I think that you're right. Like, um, when you get, yeah, once you get to, I think it depends on what your check, where you're, where what stage of your checklist it is it's at yeah. mm-hmm. a weird way of describing that but like um when you're first starting a when you're first starting a game like your checklist is finish major feature add major mechanics um once you've completed all of those things it, it would be hard to say that the game is done because like you haven't really tested out you don't know where yeah. the game is fun and stuff um but as you keep playing the game and refining it and refining your checklist refining the things that you need to do to finish um, when your checklist boils down to fin- fix this minor bug, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like four of those left to do, um, then like you can resign yourself to say, I'm not going to finish this, these bugs, or I'm going to finish these bugs, and then that's it. The game's ready yeah. to go. Right. Um, the, you'll, you'll want to like give it a final check. Yeah. Right. You'll want, you, you'll, you always want to double, triple check. You want to be absolutely certain, absolutely certain. Yeah. And it's very easy to forget that you already did that. Yeah. At a, at a certain point, and you, exactly. and you have to trust your, you have to be like, I already decided this. I already checked this. I already believe this. Mm-hmm. Even when, even when right now I have no memory necessarily of that like emotional moment of being satisfied. Yeah. Like, and that's tough to know. Uh, so it's, I mean, keeping your own notes is helpful in that way. To, yeah. If you, if you can't trust yourself, like I was, gonna, yeah, I was gonna say actually having a design document might be very helpful in mm-hmm. that way because once you add all the things that you thought about or planned for in your design document, then like the only thing left to do is refine those until you're satisfied with that. And once that reaches the goals of your design document, um, then you're good to go, I think. And you can just mm-hmm. release it when um, it makes sense to. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, it's not necessarily a contract to yourself, right? Or, right. you know, designs, design and development is iterative and can evolve as you build the thing that you're building. Um, you might make decisions during development that have significant impact to your design. Um, but it's helpful, I think, to have some of those those early ideation documents um, to come back to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like one of the things we talk about in Agile is the idea of a product backlog item being like a placeholder for a conversation. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So you know, when you're when you're coming back to check to see if something's done or you're starting to build something and you're looking at the requirements you're like this doesn't make any sense i don't quite understand this or i could see this going two different ways it's really about connecting with the people that you're working with and making sure that there's a common shared understanding of what the next evolution of the product should be now if you're a solo developer working by yourself i think a useful way of conceiving about you know thinking about that and conceiving that construct on your own is you're talking to your past self when you're looking at that uh, document that you have, like your project charter, your design document, or whatever you've created, even if it's just for yourself, you're writing those notes for the future you um, yeah. who has to make decisions about how to spend their time. And yeah. so you making that record now isn't like, it's not locking you into anything. You are like, you know, you're in control of your own art. <laughs> you're in control of your own game. Uh-huh. Um, but having, having a, a good, like, letter to your future self that you can read and think back on 
um, I think can be really useful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's valuable too, especially because like, as you start making the game, you might like be, uh, revisit some older content that you made in the past and go, Oh, we should, this doesn't really make sense in the, in the context of what you're doing now. Um, and then if you go back to your design document, you can have a better understanding of what your mindset was back then. And you can, um, uh, reconvince yourself that you don't need to fix this thing <laughs> that it's not a problem that it that it's working as intended yeah you can understand exactly what you like you can get a better understanding of what your intention was in including that thing or planning yeah. to include the thing yeah and sometimes reviewing those documents can give you a new insight into how to resolve some of those gaps you know mm -hmm. so it may be that you've been breaking your keyboard on fixing one thing you go back to your design doc and you look at what you originally intended and you think of a different way of achieving that purpose. Mm, mm. Yeah. It doesn't involve breaking your keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and the more, you know about what your plans were and the more of that conversation you have with your past self, the better equipped you are when, when you do want to do it to change your mind, mm -hmm. right? To, to iterate, to, to throw something away rather than just focusing on what the, the now tells you. In which case you might feel um, uh, confident in a way that is not uh, earned in, yeah. to make changes or updates. You, but when you have that conversation with your past self and you know enough about what you were planning, and you're able to revisit that stuff. You can be like, okay, I, I've, we, I've had this discussion with the past, <laughs> with, with the design document, <laughs> and I think I feel strong enough that I'm going to change something, right? Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes, you know, because uh, sticking to the plan is one thing, but it's also uh, an easy way to get stuck. Um, yeah. doing something that wasn't as good of an idea as you thought, but it's hard right. hard to know when to make when to pull the zip cord on on, on making a fundamental change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, have yeah. you done? A, have you ever done an episode on documentation? We should do an episode on documentation. We should. We haven't already. <laughs> that's how a, do that's we make an episode on documentation fun? The <laughs> <laughs> no, trick question. You can't. No. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, I'm I'm sure that episode will go well. Yeah, I can't um, wait for Ellen to make that fun for us. <laughs> <laughs> don't just don't do it. So, um, so with games and like one and art in general, uh, like one place that I had experienced a lot of built-in endings, uh, like when I did theater stuff. Uh, when the play was over, you got rid of everything and it had like a mm -hmm. defined ending point. But then, but like a project, like a podcast or like, I don't know, like taking a, or like being in a band or something that's like you do every week or something and there isn't really a, like, there's no stop point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You can't just like, you know, douse the set pieces in gasoline, light a match, and then go to the after party. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh. That's how it works in theater, right? I, I've never done. I just. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so how have, like, how does, how do you know when to stop those? Right. For me, for the podcast, it was, was feeling like, you know, I I wasn't getting out of it, but like there was, it was 
clear that I was being getting harder and harder to do it, and I wasn't getting the joy out of it that I had before because it was I had too many other things going on, so I wasn't being able to put the time into it. So that's the way I knew for that. But like, is it? Some people make podcasts and they say, "Okay, I'm going to do 50 episodes or whatever." Like, is that a good right. strategy for, or like, I'm going to take this class until, like, for the semester or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to release four albums as a band and then we're done. <laughs> yeah. Just like put an ar- arbitrary ending on it. Like, yeah. Like, is that better or is it just better to keep going until you know when to stop? I don't know. That's an open it's question. <laughs> well, you know, we we spoke weeks ago when we were talking about this transition, mm-hmm. like what does the end of the show look like? Like the, the actual end of the show. And uh, we're like, should we put a number on it? And, you know, and, and we didn't really, we didn't finish that conversation because yeah. it's difficult. Cause you could say, let's do 50 episodes of this new project. And then episode 45 comes around and you're really hitting your stride. <laughs> right. And yeah. then suddenly it be- and suddenly it becomes an artificial thing. And the idea it's to save you from the, the, the more sort of petering out or the, the more difficult uh, ending that that is to come way later um, it's like how the any television show that runs for seven seasons yeah. has like a crummy ending yeah. but like mini series like kind of nail it or have a better uh, success rate or whatever but then occasionally you'll have one that runs for a long time and really really knocks that out of the park in the final episode mm-hmm. and you always want to be that yeah right um so it is it's difficult because like there's no you can get it wrong on a, either side of that of that answer it's true yeah and i imagine like with um with tv shows long-running ones that yeah have lasted seven seasons or whatever i think eventually they uh they might age out of it i don't know like mm-hmm. uh like a lot of, i feel like a lot of like long-running tv shows end up with like their child stars becoming old enough to go to college <laughs> and so that's how they end the thing <laughs> right there, there's more natural points at, at which it makes like the premise doesn't isn't the same because time passes right and that's yeah. that's different for say a show like ours or like uh like a documentary series or like a show like mythbusters mm. which yeah. ran for years and years and, and ended and 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 i remember the hosts talking a lot about how they were on autopilot for a little while toward the end and and mm. and only once they realized that could then they plan the ending right yeah right and then other times, like what we're doing here, um, is we're, we're, we're the show we're transitioning, right? Mm-hmm. So that gives it some some life. Although I, again, this is really about about Martha's move from the show. It isn't about the show itself, yeah, uh, necessarily. But you know, there will be a time when we've been doing this too long, right? <laughs> like, to be honest, it's true, right? Yeah. Like yeah, where we yeah. we've done hundreds of episodes, or maybe it, we're at one seventy one now. Maybe once we get to two hundred, maybe that will be enough for us. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we try to make it so that it, it can be kind of run by itself, but that just doesn't mean it could, should run forever, right? right? Is there such a thing as yeah. too many nice games? <laughs> 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 yeah, um, and like we, we've joked about it on the show before, but like we were saying, um, if if any of us moved, like we'd all have to move with them, <laughs> yeah, in order to keep the show afloat. <laughs> um, but like, well, now we've just proven that we can do things remotely, huh? Right. That's good to know sure. we're, we're in trouble now <laughs> yeah it's like i'm moving to la <laughs> <laughs> well, i can there finally go to toronto outfit. without worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh but yeah like it's I, I i mean i guess the way y'all are you all have described like um different other places for other ending points for those it's like 
the the people who were working on that project they realized that um it wasn't they weren't in it anymore like mm-hmm. their heart wasn't in it anymore and like you said the mythbusters people there um they were running on autopilot for a bit um and yeah i guess it's it's you just have to figure out you have to recognize when that is the point recognize yeah. when your priorities have shifted and uh yeah realize that like it, it's it's time for a change yeah yeah and one thing that can keep you from recognizing that is outside influences. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you have a wildly successful project, an MMO that is many, but like you, maybe you as an individual or you as a company want to focus on something else and there's, a, there's something keeping you tied to a long running project. Um, you know, thankfully, perhaps we don't have the wild success that makes it a problem for us. <laughs> I think that's a but, good way of looking at it. But that can be that can be a problem, right? Like, you know, you mm. keep up uh, weekly events or something to keep going and like maybe it is a sustainable business, but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to keep doing it. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean that that's actually a good point. Like, um one way that makes sense for a project to end is you just run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah, like that that'll that'll put a tail on uh, the episode right away. I watched this documentary recently called The Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about this um, this uh, this group of people who were making a, an uh, an alternate reality game, and I think it was in I think it was in San Francisco. Yes, this is now this is a currently been, this has been adapted to a fiction miniseries. Yeah, on, that's on why MCS. I started. It's running right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I started because that show is really cool. It's really yeah. good. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, Dispatch but like, from yeah. elsewhere is the name of it. Yes, that's the one. Um, but yeah, I watched the documentary on it, and it was interesting to see like the reason why they um, like it was. I think they were like continuing like this game for a few years, but like the reason why they stopped doing it is because they had to. Uh, they were running out of money, so mm-hmm. they had to come up with an ending. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like the the people in the documentary were somewhat dissatisfied with the ending just because like they wanted it to keep going. They wanted a satisfying conclusion, but like they just run out of they just ran out of money, so they had to stop. Right. Right. Um, so it might be helpful to consider a plan for your when you want to exit. Consider a plan for your actual exit, even though you don't want to end it now. Right. And then right. like um, a year or something or however long down the line, when we have that, when you establish that, like, and you want to end it, then you don't have to at least do the thinking of, of you know, have, having that ending. Like you've done that work already. It would yeah. make it easier to end. Could work. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you um, you you do all the thinking when you're still energized about the project, mm-hmm. yeah. and you do all the planning and structure. And then when it's time, when you're when you run out of money or energy or or whatever, um, then you can put that plan into action. Yeah, totally. Right. That's kind of what you're describing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm you, you, you may feel of... differently at that moment, but at least you've got somewhere to start from. Exactly. Winding um, a thing down, or throw you know ending in a blaze of glory or whatever it is you want to do with it. <laughs> yeah. I am, uh, uh, as a counter to that, I'm reminded of the, how I met your mother ending, mm-hmm. um, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, I've, <laughs> did you like that show a lot? Ellen? I watched that show. Ah, okay. <laughs> not, not the same thing. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, like, uh, it controversially ended in a way where it was unsatisfying because like the way that that show is structured is like this person is describing how they met, this, their kid's mother, <laughs> um, oh. but like they, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, 
<laughs> um, but um, so they filmed the actual ending of the series, like in season two, when the the kids were like, they had like flashbacks to the kids going, "Oh, Dad, stop talking about this thing or whatever." Um, but like they filmed the uh, the ending of the show um in season two when the kids were you know young. But the the show ran for like seven seasons or eight seasons or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and by that time they've established a bunch of different character traits, and so that the ending they planned in season two did not make sense for the ending uh, that they ended up with in in season six, uh, seven or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. So it ended up being a very unsatisfying ending because they like walked back a bunch of stuff huh. um, that they had already established. That's interesting. Um, so maybe planning that far in advance isn't (laughs) that made me think of babylon 5 which had a similar um essentially all planned out in advance five years of story not that every episode was written but that so much of it was you know the 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 twist so things got laid in early on so like in episode two some weird thing happens you have no idea then it pays off in season four right Mm -hmm. like very specific stuff and the the writer also had these trap doors in the case of like um, an, an actor leaving or something so they could like work around it. In fact, they had to do that a couple of times. But what ended up happening was the show got canceled at the end of its fourth season. Oh. And so, but, but they knew this uh, during the production of the fourth season. So okay. what they did was is they just crammed the last two years into the fourth season, oh. which is like, you know, it's fine. I mean, it was a pretty clunky show in my opinion. So it's not like it was any worse for that fact. But yeah. here's the problem. At the end, at the very end of the fourth season, like after the production was finished, like they'd finished shooting it, they were working on post production, and uh, then the show got picked up for a fifth season. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! So, <laughs> so what they did was they they filmed the finale already, and so what they did is they just held the because the finale took place like twenty or thirty years after the events of the main series. Sure. And so they held the finale, and then did a, a they shot a different final episode for the end of the fourth season, and then did a fifth oh. season that was like about other stuff. Oh. And because they had told the story they planned to tell. Yeah. And then at the end of the fifth season, then they did that finale. And the weird thing was there were new characters in the fifth season. One of the leads had left, and so it wasn't in the fifth season. Oh. And then, and then returned in the finale. Oh, weirdly. weird. And so the whole <laughs> thing was very bizarre, but because it was so meticulously planned, and that last episode had to be the last episode, because mm-hmm. there, there was things in it that couldn't, you know, it couldn't happen afterwards. Okay. So it ended up really hurting those the, the last two years, you know, ne- you know, nearly half the show was yeah. impacted by this one thing that happened, um, which with all the amount of planning you can do, didn't prepare for a weird scenario like that. Um, yeah. So it can be it can be dangerous to, to yeah. try to get all your ducks in a row that early. Okay, well, maybe maybe don't plan your ending. <laughs> really? That's coming full circle. <laughs> uh, that's, woo, that's, uh, that's scary. Yeah. Make ideas. Make ideas, but don't be married to your plan. There you go. Yeah. Right, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, uh, paint yourself. Don't uh, force it. Form. Yeah, don't force. Don't force it. Well, and I'm actually really glad that you mentioned and, and gave that that full story, Mark, because one of the examples I wanted to give of like a an artistic project that I thought I thought had a graceful ending was Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Steven Universe just ended after a really long time, and that show has been you know meticulously crafted and planned. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had something similar happen in that like it was canceled and then it was renewed for additional 20 episodes, but they had told the ending of the original story. So it, 
And then they had the movie in there. It, it was like a kind of weird, the way that the last like 30 episodes of the show and the movie kind of got put together was a little different than what I've, you know, experienced in most television, but I thought it totally works. Yeah. Um, they were able to I, roll I'm, with those punches. Yeah. I think they really, I think that it really worked for the story that was told that ended up being told. Like they mm. wrapped up the original story that they started with, with Steven universe. And then they had this movie that kind of was a good in between. And then they had 20 episodes of Steven universe future. And it was very, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, they had, they had where they wanted to take the story and they worked with the resources they were given in terms of time mm-hmm. yeah. and the number of episodes they had to tell that story the best way they could. Yeah. Actually, it's really fascinating because the way that Steven Universe future ended up becoming a thing is due to how the production of Steven Universe affected the uh, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Sugar, who um, is the creator of the show. Mm. Um, like she, the material that she, uh, used for Steven Universe is, like, directly from, like, her life and how, uh, how her, how the, 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 the creation of the show, like, affected her life. Um, so, like, it's kind of interesting how, like, they were able to tell that story due to telling the first story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This makes me think so, of, like, like, um, game design, where we talk mm-hmm. about, like, you you design something so that it has a result, not that it does a thing, mm, mm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So uh, that yes. almost seems kind of similar in that, like, you need to have a vision, but you need to be adaptable to the situation, right? Yeah. And that includes, you know, sort of testing in this case, or in terms of winding down a project, you have to say, well, this wasn't how I would have done it if I had, uh, you know, everything go my way, but so I'm not going to try to force it, right? Yeah. 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 Then your outcomes, not your features. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's great yeah i like that well, i do like that some, when we're able to take that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say you did um so should we talk about some stuff that we've ended in the past as some examples a- anecdote time. anecdote time yes i've never ended anything ever. you just keep having just <laughs> done <laughs> These gifts are doing the same things you did when you were seven, and <laughs> yep, I'm I am still currently teething. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we we each wrote down a couple of things in in our own careers and lives, and and yeah. I'll, I'll go first. So um, I I created a company years ago to um to you for Rock Band Network. And I've talked about this on the show before, but Rock Band Network was a way for independent artists to put their own music into Rock Band. Um, and the problem was, is that indie bands weren't computer engineers, like, you know? Right. Um, and a lot of them weren't even music producers, right? So, like, they didn't know how to actually... There, there's a lot between having a band and getting it into Rock Band. And so they formed this little cottage industries of authoring companies. And I created one of those. And the idea was, is... I would contact the band and, or, or, and I would say, hey, give me your, your songs, break them up into different tracks, and then I will then bring them into the software needed to chart them into a rock band uh, song um, and then, you know, do all the camera cuts. And it was this great system and I quite liked it. Um, and so and, and, and then, we, you know, it split profits with the bands. And I, I did this for uh, two and a half years, um, sort of uh, ups and downs, depending on the popularity of the service. And that was a lot of fun. But that ha- that did have to go away after a while, and that was something that was very difficult because I had signed contracts with a lot of these bands oh, that said right. like, 
uh, you know, this after, you know, the different pay periods, and this is how it works when the money comes in. And of course, like all contracts of this type, you have a minimum payout. So there's a certain amount that like, once the money dries up, you don't have to send like five cent checks or whatever. Um, and the truth was, is these were like, you know, uh, you, because uh, you sold rock band songs, like you sold songs on iTunes. So they were, I think, $2 on if normally, but the rock band network was seen as a devalued kind of service. And so you couldn't really sell anything for more than a dollar. And then uh, it was on Xbox Live, so Xbox got a cut, and then Harmonix got a cut, and you were left uh, with like cents that to split between you and the idea was you, you bands would do this, and so they would get the yeah. whole thirty cents or whatever that was left over. It was really really bad the, the revenue split, but uh, right. in practice it was split between these companies. And so another way to do it was you would you would just charge money for the service, and then you as the company would take in all the revenues. But I didn't do it that way because I didn't I, I it was easier to get people to sign up if they didn't have to give you any money. Right. Um, and so it was a hobby. It was a hobby project, right? Like I made enough money to pay for the equipment I needed. Like I, it, it paid for my Xbox and all my rock band equipment, <laughs> but not oh, much okay. else, you know? Um, so it was a fun thing, but eventually it had to go away. And the way it went away, I'm giving this whole lead up because it just went away. Like mm. I, there was nothing to do. Eventually uh, people stopped buying rock band network songs. And then a year after that, they shut down the service. And oh, yeah. my contracts that I had signed were all such that like they had minimum payouts. And so I sent the checks I needed to send. And then after a while I stopped paying it. I stopped checking, you know, and then I would check, I would check less often. And I'm like, okay, definitely don't have to do the payouts yet. And I never had a, I never had a single one of my clients come to me and, and, and say like, Hey, what's going on with this? Because they like, they would, they would check to see like this thing that, you know, and, and it was dying out in the zeitgeist. And so we all just kind of let it slip away. Huh. And I think about that sometimes because it could have gone a lot worse. <laughs> you know? yeah. it, really, it really could have gone quite a lot worse. And yeah. um, it just kind of, I kind of dodged a bullet a little bit um, because there was probably a little bit more um, administrative structure than I was really prepared to handle. Um, but it kind of just ended up working out where like when, when I was able to give my attention to it, it uh, the attention was required. And then as soon as it became like way too much work for not enough money, then uh, everyone lost interest in it. And so mm -hmm. it just kind of yeah. faded away. Mm. So I, okay. I, I, I do think about that sometimes. Every time when I try to structure, when I do things now, um, you know, I, I'm helping to publish um, uh, um, uh, smaller indie games. I'm, I'm doing some porting work and thinking about like working with contractors and, and, and building up Noble Robot as a company. I'm thinking about that. And I always think back to that, that, previous experience having a company and how how uh i didn't realize at the time what the risks were mm. and how i was able to just avoid them and and how i i feel like oh i kind of i did kind of dodge a bullet and it mm. could have gone a lot worse yeah wow well it's good that it didn't <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't know that it was at a huge risk of going a lot worse it's yeah. just that i didn't uh, i didn't really plan for it to be go any worse right yeah. like i didn't have any i didn't have any I didn't have any mechanism to help me cope with with it if it wouldn't have just faded away the way it did. It's right. like when you, you know? it's like you didn't even know that the train was coming and then you see it as it went past you and you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> that could have been in front of that train, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> could have been messy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Stephen, um, how did you finally finish uh, working on Finches? <laughs> oh no don't cry 
well, now I owe you a hug. It'll <laughs> <laughs> get done one day. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to say stack was the game I worked on. <laughs> Before you get into this, I, I have to say we, we, last week we were talking about uh, arcades and yeah. about how Fingence would make a great arcade game. And the yeah. first place you went was, oh, that'd be great because then we would never have to finish it. <laughs> we could just keep pushing updates to a, a physical machine yep. and not have to worry about ever being done with it. And just the fact that you went there right away is very telling. <laughs> yeah. So um, talk about okay. Treasure Stack if you want. Yeah, yeah that game's out. Oh, you can buy it now. It's on Switch and Xbox and PC. Um, uh, basically, we just kind of ended that um, because... Uh, you know, we we like I uh, I said earlier, we got uh, we checked off all the things we wanted to get done, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of nice because like I wasn't the one really developing. I I suggested things and people you know said yes or no to things, but other than that, like I was the one saying these are the features we need before we can release the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that so game like had it, that game had ongoing content. It did for a while, yeah. Well, I mean, the uh, we had a day uh, one window release patch that we. Um, you know, to update some of the things that uh, early uh, reviews said were issues. Um, and then, like, yeah, we started adding more content to it as well. So, uh, like, a lot of it was, like, content that uh, we discovered people wanted as they were playing the game, mm-hmm. the feedback that people were asking for and stuff. And, in fact, actually, there was still, there was some content that I was working on until we just decided to stop working on Treasure Stack. Um we just ended up not doing it because, like, the game wasn't making enough to justify the continued um, updates. Mm. Right. Um, so it was a financial decision. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, like, I am not super satisfied with how it ended because the game still does not have a credit screen in it. So oh. I don't even know I worked on That's the game. That's not okay. <laughs> uh, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, I I would like to so like I would like to like update it just so we can at least have a credit screen in there. Yeah. Because like you know there are a lot of people who worked on it. Um, and like I would, I'd like, I think they'd like to see their name in the game, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, it's not at that place yet, right now. But other than that, like, uh, you know, we decided we wanted to stop. Mm-hmm. I guess, um, because like financially, it didn't make a lot of sense to keep putting out content for it. And then right, and that's like the right. On... That's the right decision for it's. That's not like a big failure. It's like no, at a, cer- at a certain yeah. time, all games you know, become not played anymore, right? Like ongoing yeah. games. So not to the point to the point where because it's not like you had a subscription model or anything. You were adding no. new content to get more people to buy it. Uh even yeah. though it was mostly serving the people who already bought it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um and uh, it, yeah, exactly that. Um and like eventually a game gets to a point where like adding features to it doesn't make any sense. Adding new content to it doesn't make sense. Like eventually you are going to get to a point where you just want to make a new thing. Mm-hmm. And uh mm-hmm. That's what we're doing now. Now I'm working on Rhythm Rumble. So yeah. that's kind of how that ended. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from Treasure Stack, I've you know I've worked on a bunch of different game jam games, um, and those are kind of nice because like they have a end time. Mm-hmm. You have to right. end it in 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever the date is. And how uh, often does that actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, less often than you'd think, but it still happens. Yeah, there's always um, a day or two. On Wednesday or something after a weekend jam, there's like the final push. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> right. And that's yeah, about as good as it gets, you know. Basically. O- yeah. Other times you go in the totally end and you end up with Widget Satchel, right? Uh, <laughs> very true. Right. Um, I think, yeah, with a lot of the game jam games, though, I didn't work on them much after release. I, like, 
with a couple of them. I like they were complete games. Yeah. Like when uh, me and Ellen worked on uh, Dicer and Class. Um, yeah. That was man. That was such a great project. I love working on that so much. <laughs> I bring that up all the time <laughs> because it ended. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but not just that. But like you, uh, Ellen, being the producer and like telling us this is the stuff we need to get done and helping us manage our time allowed us to get to a point where we, you know, were able to complete a game. Um, actually, we got to the point really where like we were adding additional features that like people had time to work on. Um, like I think the last thing I added to that game was like different idol animations for um for uh, one of the, the characters and stuff like it ended up being so uh like it ended up being so well managed that like we had more time to add more features before we could we like we ended the the, the game which is really nice um so like that was nice uh and then i think like uh, there's a couple of other game jams where like we worked on the thing and like we weren't really satisfied with the project so we just decided to stop or whatever else like mm -hmm. but we you know we did our 48 hours and uploaded it to the global game jam or what have you um but yeah like those are nice because like they have concrete ending points um and even if you like work on it afterwards like you still have like a you have established a final product for that mm -hmm. game uh well in advance mm -hmm. so you just kind of work until you get to the final product of that game yeah it's it's interesting we've been talking about this and i i keep my mind keeps coming back to, I don't know if you guys have heard of this before, but the Iron Triangle, it's also like called the Triple Constraint. Oh, are these wrestling moves? The I have good, cheap, fast? Y yeah, I think that's actually one of them. Um, okay, it's it's cost, scope, time, and then in the center is quality. Mm. So the idea is like, you, if, if you're going to fix quality and you need to like make sure that everything is well built, then the um like i think quality or like maybe quality is constrained by scope cost and time mm, okay. um so if you try to if you try to you know shove a bunch of scope into a short amount of time it doesn't really matter how much you throw at it like how much money you throw at it, it the quality is going to suffer right um <clears throat> so if you if you have a scope and you have cost and you have time you have quality and then you make a change to one of those constraints like scope you make more features then you have to echo that with changes in the other two of the three pillars. And it's Aww. simple, you know, this is a simple construct that is more complicated out in the real world. Um, but I think it's interesting to think about like the different constraints and, and which one might be the primary driver of done, right? So like for a game jam, your primary driver of done is time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then like for... For treasure stack, it sounds like the primary driver of done is cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I mean that helps. Actually, having a primary thing mm -hmm. uh, will help with that. Maybe like uh, in relation to the podcast, like if our I don't know if our listenership starts declining or something, we could decide at that point that we want to end it. I don't know. Yeah, we can always we can also like you know the show has grown slowly. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we can we can set goals and we can say how close we're getting to meet them. But then that's kind of work, too, is like yeah. figuring that sort of stuff out. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, you're right. Like it, there's I think value and maybe this is a little Pollyannish, but like we talk about what we like about the show and that it it is valuable to other people. And mm -hmm. whether and whether that was a couple dozen people when we started or, you know, hundreds or thousands as we get, you know, grow the show, that is 
um, you know, th- that matters, right? So, like, it, uh, so feedback's important, right? NiceGames.com. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, if people are just listening to the show because, like, we're charming, then, like, I don't know that it has a ton of value, right? Like, mm. that may be a good reason to listen to a podcast, but is it a great reason for us to do it? Sure. Right? Um, I so agree with that. M- maybe that's our, our, and, you know, maybe that's a little bit less tangible than money or time. Um, that kind of gets to quality. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's maybe not always up to us to decide whether that's true or not, or, or w- whether we've met that, right? We can decide for ourselves whether the product we're making is good. But yeah. then it's that has to be coupled with whether it's reaching enough people who value it enough, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, I'm actually, we'll post the Wikipedia article in the show notes. But one of the things it mentions here is that it's kind of insufficient as a model because it kind of, ignores things like impact on stakeholders and yeah. user satisfaction and were you learning something valuable in the in the work um and maybe yeah i i think it doesn't need to get super the the concert doesn't need to get super complicated because it's just a lens to view experience in but if you're using it to kind of analyze your own personal projects and your own experience you know think about what the quality what quality means to you for that engagement mm. And and how that implies the other constraints. So, like thinking about the show, since we've been talking about it, is to kind of continue along that same topic. Uh-huh. We could say, like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this show for this many years or this many episodes or something, this many years, and then we're gonna be done. Or we're gonna we're gonna spend this much on the show, or we're going to do this many episodes. And each of those is kind of a different way of looking at that triangle, right? Like one is yeah. time, we're going to continue the show for this many years or whatever. One is cost, one is scope. We're going to do this many episodes. That's kind of a scope. Um, those are just three ways of looking at it and defining done or helping yeah. to define done. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Uh, Ellen, have you completed things? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> I'm sure I have. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, no, um, let's see. Some of the ones I wrote down here were, yeah, I wrote down a couple. So, like, um, like professionally, I remember specifically one very long project that was, like, 9 to 12 months where the company I work for um, completely rebuilt the onboarding program for oh. a major hotel chain. Um, Listeners can't see this, but Ellen is rubbing her forehead <laughs> yeah. as, she's, as she describes this thing. It was huge. Yeah, it was. Uh, so they were like, they did it in classroom training, like you might do. Um, but they had tapped out all the talent in the areas where it was easy for people to get to the training. So they actually moved everybody to be um, remote. Not just their training, but their employees. They just put everybody remote. And it was um, oh. pretty cool. Uh, but that also meant that they had to change their onboarding program to also be remote. Um, right. Yeah. So they had to rebuild everything because everything had been oriented and designed for a classroom experience where you've got people in seats and somebody at the front. And they had to redesign it so that people who were by themselves, you know, preparing for how life would be during the coronavirus 2020. Uh, they were, you know, in their home offices, just doing their job there. They could do and learn about their job, um, in a, you know, from different locations and sometimes asynchronously. So it was a huge project and Mm -hmm. man, it was so fun for that to be done. 
But <laughs> done, you know, done for that project was we have the next group of people getting hired. And we need them to be trained. So we needed to have done was like we need to have enough enough material ready and enough learning experiences designed and created so those people can learn how to do their jobs when they're hired and make sure that they can do their jobs at least as well as the people we would have hired six months ago so um that the definition of done there was get basically get as much as you can done by this date and then they piloted the program and tested the results in terms of the the employees job skills and found out that actually they were better <laughs> at doing their jobs than um previous cohorts of hires had been so like we oh. our definition of done was basically driven by time we had to have this much done by yeah. the time that folks were hired but in terms of outcomes we actually exceeded what our targets had been um oh. but in terms of scope we actually didn't build everything we initially started out to build we cut things oh. there were things that ended up on the floor oh. so scope ended up lower Time ended up exactly where it needed to be. And, uh, and yeah, so that was an interesting experience. I wonder how much of that is driven by um, the, the, the different learning scenario, right? The everybody from home. And how much of that was driven by the fact that you had to focus on rebuilding everything in those six months. And then it, it ended up kind of like if you had had 12 months to redo it in a similar situation like a similar classroom scenario, would it, would it have had the same results? Or if you had had three months to redo it, but it, but it was the same classroom situation, would it have been better? Like, what is it that contributed, do you think, to those, the, that exceeded outcome? Because you, you, had, you described you had to make so many compromises. Yeah, well, I think, I think and this comes down to design, right? Like we had outcomes that we knew our outcomes and, and the outcomes for any learning experience development project is getting people to do the right thing at the right time. And mm-hmm. so we started by analyzing what these people needed to do on their jobs, you know, in, in that job. And then we broke down a curriculum that would help them gain those skills over time. And the approach we took to designing those learning experiences was very much hands-on and simulation driven. So they, mm-hmm in the course of training, they were getting a lot of experiences that were similar in many key ways to the job they would eventually be doing. So they had practice um, getting ready for that. And I think that's one of the reasons why the outcomes were so strong, even though the amount of time they were spending in training was actually a lot less than it, it, mm-hmm. they would have spent had they been in the classroom. The power of you know five minutes in the new curriculum was greater than the power of 60 minutes in the other curriculum. I'm just throwing out uh, numbers. That's not yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like we talked early on in this episode about like planning outcomes instead of planning features, right? And that's what we did. We had our clear goals in terms of the things that we needed people to be able to do when they finished the training. And we just kept coming back to that. And then when we had decisions about how we were going to spend the next two weeks getting ready for launch, we said, well, these things that we have on the list are more, they are stronger and will help serve those outcomes better than the things at the bottom of the list. So we're going to do mm-hmm. those first. Cool. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, that's good. Good content. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not game related, but. Yeah. So I guess one ending that I really 
was like proud of, I guess, or I don't know. Um, when I quit my job at the Senate to get to start at Species 360, um, the Senate was not a, a not a good job, and I really, really had a hard time, and like had a hard time working there. And like now that I'm at my new place and have been for so long, I keep discovering things. So I was like, oh my god, I used to have to worry about this and such, and now I don't. Um, but even even with that, like it was so hard to leave. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like pretty emotional. Like everything was so intense working there that uh, that it was like super emotional to to leave these people that I had been going been going through this horrible experience with, kind of. Um, yeah. So I like wrote everyone thank you notes. <laughs> And like slip them under their doors as I was leaving and uh, like made sure that I went and talked to everyone and made sure that Ariel, who was then going to be alone for a while, like had training on stuff that only I knew how to do. Right. Um, and then it was so funny because the last night I stayed there till like 10 because <laughs> I just was like, I have to write all these notes and I have to do all this stuff. And I didn't realize that the everyone had gone, so everything was locked, and I had to turn my key in uh, before. Oh. So then I was trying to get my car, and the car was in a locked garage, so I spent another hour wandering around trying to find anyone with a key to get me out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they're never going to let me leave. <laughs> <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So I think we've come to the end of the endings topic. Yeah. Um, and now we can tell you guys what to do. The listeners, <laughs> I guess. I'm getting bad at transitions, guys. It's a good thing that someone else is going to be doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, we have this nice option on podcast apps to review content. Review this podcast. You don't uh, <laughs> I know. It's, it's wild that they've added this new feature. Uh-huh. It, is, it is the best feature. Um, I will read you an example review mm-hmm. from Super Jump TMR. Um, it says, Slow people. Nice games. Recently found this podcast and it's amazing. I've been digging back through pre- previous episodes and the subjects they touch on are very informative, insightful, and really helpful. And the hosts are all super swell and enjoyable to listen to. Aww. 
This podcast has been fantastic overall, and I find it all educational, and I really enjoy the debates as well. I'm excited for new episodes, and there's a smiley face. Aw, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, um, that's very nice. Yeah, those reviews serve a couple of purposes. One, they make us feel real, real good. Um, <laughs> it's nice to know that we're uh, we're meeting that standard that we're setting for ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, also, it helps other people uh, learn about the show and get new listeners, which is really important. Um, we've been yes. doing the show for a couple of years, and we're you know transitioning to a new era of it. Um, but we still want to grow, as we talked about earlier. And to do that, we need your help. Um, you know, there's no ad budget for the show, and podcasts live on word of mouth. So that means you got to step up and do it. So uh, uh, one way to do it is to leave a review, uh, Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can. Yeah, and as a side benefit, we can read your message on the show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ellen's already taken up the torch. Yep. (laughs) Here's your transition, guys. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> quality content for your podcast okay it's about starting new things oh yeah yeah we uh worked out some symmetry in this particular podcast although i think the time spent on ending things is appropriately going to be longer than the time we're going to spend <laughs> on starting things yeah because that's Probably. just how life works um mm-hmm. yeah so you know we were kind of brainstorming about this a little bit and i i was thinking about okay how do you really start things and aside from you know my job at least for me i have conversations with people and we talk and we negotiate and we figure out what's the most important thing to work on next and that's the thing that i start for me, outside of work, um, I have so many ideas all the time. It's really difficult to choose what to work on. So mm. I know some people have probably, I, I know people ask this question, how do you come up with ideas? I've never had that problem. And I'm <laughs> curious if you guys have had that problem. Because ultimately, that's where you start, right? You start with mm-hmm. coming up with an idea to work on. Um, yeah. That's not an issue for me. Do you guys struggle with that at all? I mean, it's going to... Um- Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, it's, it's going to like, you know, Ellen, uh, you know, said it first. So I don't feel as uh, ridiculous saying it. But no, I don't have trouble coming up with new ideas. And I think <laughs> this is one of those things that um, uh, when people talk about how um, immortality would be boring, I'm like, man, I have enough ideas for films, just for films that, that I could spend 200 years making. Right. Right. And and I, and, and, and it's so much stress to to decide what to make and what not to make to what you're capable of making and what you're not, what you're going to risk in your life to chase something that you want to make at the expense of not just your time and effort, um, but also of the other great ideas that you might've been able to do quicker or more assuredly. And uh, so sometimes I get, I get paralyzed as to which of the things to move forward with and which to file away. But I don't, I mean, and I don't, I think, even people who might not think this is true of themselves, I think it's true of most people that you do have an endless stream of good ideas, things you could try. Um, you may not get past the, hey, what about stage? Um, maybe people process things differently, but like, I don't know, human beings are, are a limitless supply of, of good things to try, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't think I have an issue of coming up with ideas. I have an issue of coming up with ideas I want to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll come up. Well, I'll, like I'll come up with it. Like I'll, I don't know. I'll watch this TV show and go, oh wow, that's a really interesting, uh, funny take on blah blah blah. And I'll be like, oh wow, maybe I can work on something that's like blah blah blah. And then I'm like, no, this is. A <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> I should I should amend my statement. We're also uh, a never-ending supply of bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I have plenty yes. of those as well. Uh, well, like, and that's the thing is, like, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll come up with a bunch of ideas and stuff, and like some of them will be good ideas too. But then I'll be like, this is going to make way too much work. I'm not going to work on this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then other ones will be good ideas, and I'll be like, oh, it's not going to take too much work. But then I have a hard time getting like figuring out the the process in which I want to work on it. And then I just don't work on it mm-hmm. because like other things come up. Um, so I think the difficult thing for me in terms of ideas is not coming up with the idea. It's coming up with a good idea that's feasible for me to work on and easy enough for me to start. <laughs> yeah. That's the. Meets that's your constraints. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the dream of ideas. Um, and then, like, even when you do all of that, you still need to be in a place where you can actually work on it if you want to work on this project. Right. right? Like, yeah. that's the problem I I seem to have is that I can come up with all these great ideas when I'm supposed to be doing something else and have zero time to do the thing. And then when I actually have, like, a yep. day free, I go to go work on something, and then all of those ideas are gone. <laughs> Yep, yep, exactly that. Yeah. I know people have taken a habit of like writing down ideas that they come up with. Um, Although you have to be careful with that I, because sometimes you read your notes and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I've just taken the uh, idea of like coming up with a project that I really want to work on and then just like thinking about that project a lot mm-hmm. and like fantasizing, I guess, about like what have you what the final product would end up looking like. Right. Um, and that's been like helpful, I guess. There's some At risk there too. At least in terms too. of inspiration on other things too. There's Both some, summer? there's some risk there too. Like the, the, yeah. the there's a, a principle of like creativity where imagining the final product s- scratches the itch of making it. Mm. And yeah. it becomes mm-hmm. a lot easier to then not actually make it because you right. feel fulfilled having thought it out. That's uh, true. In a sense. Um, so that's especially on larger projects. Like you can you can have really get all the details. Just even if you don't write them down, they can just be spinning in your mind for years. And you can and you can then tell yourself, "I've been working on this for a long time," and you yeah. actually haven't, right? Right. I, I yeah. feel that about a lot of my various ideas, where I'm like, I I haven't put anything down for a lot of that stuff, even though it consumes a lot of my thoughts. Mm. You know? Like every video game yeah. I've yeah. never made. Sense. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be cool if I did this? Mm, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. And then it never is. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that that's not surprising. I'm not surprised to hear those reactions from you guys. Um it's it it really comes down to like I feel like if you're if you if you identify as a creative person, you're gonna be trying to find some kind of outlet for that always. And you're gonna be generating ideas. Um, the, the challenge really comes down to what do you choose to work on at any given point and on an ongoing basis and so on and so forth. And I guess I wanted to list out just kind of like some of the things that I think about when I'm trying to choose what I'm going to be spending my time on. 
Um, and then talk a little bit about what you guys do to think about it. Um, so first, I think I have to, whenever I'm confronted with like, okay, I want to start this thing. This would be cool to do. I also have to remind myself that I'm, I actually have the energy to do a lot less than I have the energy to imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Uh So I have to be like, I have to remind myself to be patient with myself and the fact that I can't really do more than a couple extra things. Um, at any given yeah. point in life, because I, you know, work a full time job and got a couple dogs and families that I visit and so on and so forth. And so I've got to like, those are important to me and I'm not willing to not do those things mm-hmm. um, right. unless someone wants me to, to pay me not to work. Uh, <laughs> let me know. Um, but yeah, like. So first, just kind of thinking about what are what are my personal constraints? Is it realistic for me to, to do the thing that's in my head? Um, then also like, do I have any time constraints? If I'm going to do this, like, is it something that I'm going to spend a couple weeks on just to see how far I get and then reevaluate? Sure. That's one thing I can do. Um, how familiar am I with the, with the thing that I'm trying? Usually not very familiar because if I'm excited enough to try something, it's probably because it's new in some way. Mm. Yeah. That's just how my brain works. Um, and whether, you know, who it's for, whether it's just for me or that's something that other people will get to enjoy, I generally find it easier to get myself motivated to build something for others than to just build something for me. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of factors into it um, as far as choosing choosing which thing to work on. Yeah. How about you guys? I, well, you hit on it, the doing things for others um, or that others will use, right? Um, that has some built-in um constraints and timelines and demands that you could then you can't shove away the way a personal project you can work on it for three days and then like not again for six mm-hmm. months um yeah. if if something you um so those constraints really help especially on smaller projects um i i find that i can i can turn around a little project in a day or two and i find and i look back and i'm like wow if only i could be that efficient on my long-term projects and I get kind of depressed a little bit about that because sometimes oh. it really takes a a game jam scenario or a hey um can I, I I have this thing on Friday can you help me with it and I'm like all oh, right I can help and then I'm like, yeah. I'm like oh man what did I get myself into and then it's like done by Wednesday and I'm like oh okay I, I those motivations really help whereas something where it's like oh this is a longer term project that like it doesn't it has an end date but it's so far out and has a many moving pieces you can find yourself just like slogging through it in a way that is not enjoyable, not motivating, and then you don't do your best work. Um, uh, I yeah. definitely find myself doing that. But on that, littler things, cool. I can just knock it out, and then I'm like, how did I manage that? Um, yeah. And I, I that, th- thinking of that specifically because um, uh, um, recently there was the uh, GDC Relief Fund, um, which by the time you hear this is over, um, it um, was a game jam on itch, and you could submit existing projects to it, and then the, the, that it would be part of this big bundle that would um, raise money for uh, to give for developers who were impacted by the cancellation of GDC this year, and uh, I submitted Widget Satchel to it um, uh, uh, through its itch page um, for its big bundle, and that was just an easy thing to do. But I'm like, you know what? I think I'll also participate in this game jam. I'll, I'll like make a little tool or some kind of little thing I can add to it, some assets that I can uh, supply because it'd be mostly other developers who'd be purchasing this bundle. And I'm like, oh, you know what would be really fun to do is I had such trouble with the menu system in Widget Satchel. Let me see if I can do like use, take that, gut it out and make it into a little like a drop-in system so other people could use it. 
And then I was looking online for, you know, some like, what's changed since I worked on the menu system widget satchel? I'm like, oh, this new Unity system. And like Ellen, you're saying new things are exciting. This new system of Unity called UI Elements. It's a CSS uh, style um, uh, UI component system for Unity. Finally. And I'm like, and and we, we just built the, we just built the Nice Games Club website. And I did, I was like using CSS, I was like falling in love with CSS again. Um, and I'm like, okay, I can do that. That'll be fun. I'll make a menu system that uses Unity's new CSS style thing. Of course, it is just utterly half-baked. Like it is not, <laughs> yeah. it's meant for um, editor windows. It's not meant for in-game stuff. There is a library for using it at runtime and I found it and, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll do this. And if I, you know, it's two days if I don't do it and I, I did it and I'm like really proud of myself. Um, yeah. And I, I put it in this bundle. It's on itch. I will put a link in the show notes. Um, but, um, I'm really, really pleased with it because there's almost no examples of anything like it, uh, um, uh, uh, yet in, in the system. And once the system matures, um, it'll be great. Hopefully people can see my example and learn, we learn a little bit from it. Um, and I, like I learned something from scratch, built it and put it out in two days and halfway through, I wasn't sure I could. And then at the end of that, all I could feel was like, why aren't I this good at anything else? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it is nice. It's nice to do that sometimes. But it, you know, but you know, that also takes away time from these larger projects. So I don't even know, if, other than making me believe in myself again, <laughs> I don't actually know that it's ultimately beneficial for my like working strategies. You know, it sounds super beneficial. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in that instance, maybe you were like uh, uh, energized by the newness of it, and you yeah. were only working on it for a couple, a few days. So like, yeah. you could carry that energy throughout the completion of the project. Yeah, that's but absolutely like in, yeah, in you're a, right. That's absolutely true. Yeah, in a, in a long in a larger scale project where you need to work on it for a year or something, you know, you can't have you can't continue that energy for a whole year. Yeah, it's a yeah, marathon. Yeah. Scope so is scope's just, a big part of that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, but I I, I yeah, I, I guess like in terms of like figuring out what projects you want to start, I guess yeah, like paying attention to how motivated you are to work on a thing um helps me like like ultimately, with my games, I want to communicate something to players. Like mm-hmm. I want to communicate something that like inspires me, or something that like uh, uh, something that is important to me to a player in some way. Um, and so the games that like I come up with, and then the games that like I want to work on in the future are, are important to me in that way. And so that's yeah. kind of how I do it. Is like I determine, like I want this thing. Um, I want this game to come out so like people can get something can understand like it's a part of maybe myself or a part of something that is important mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um, better. Uh, I mean, easier said than done. Right. Right? Oh, like yeah. that's why, that's why I haven't actually started these projects. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like that is, that is the goal. It is the thing so, that I you at least imagine is the thing that will keep you, you know, climbing the brick walls as you, move through a project like that like when you get yeah. stuck like you ha- you can have an anchor to go back to that motivates you yeah exactly having yeah and having that is helpful like mm-hmm. even when it gets hard and like you're going through this thing and unity decides to not work and you forgot a semicolon somewhere and you spent five hours trying to find it or blah 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 yeah coding I swear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how it is a lot of the time um oh you're gonna hate when- the api of this new ui toolkit system <laughs> it's oh good it's basically just jquery so martha <laughs> yay Oh, Hooray! <laughs> but I, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. used I've never used jQuery, and so I actually learned a lot about 
how the benefits of it from using oh. this unity variant of it. It's very kind of strange. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like when you, you get to that point where you're frustrated with the project and you're tired of working on it, you could just think about, well, I mean, thinking about what the end product will look like and how, um, like your motivations for why you're making this product and what people will get out of it helps keep you going. I mean, even if it's at a less, you know, a less productive pace than you had intended to yeah. be at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, thinking you're you're kind of describing finishing a project, but it, but in a way that like it's like oh, it's so easy to pair those two topics together. Yeah. Right. You can't. I mean, starting a project requires to to engage the discipline to ultimately finish it. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, but they're not just, the same thing, right? They're not. You're not. You're right. Like, you just need to. I think it's helpful to just have to establish that motivation uh, early. Yeah. And that helps yeah. you start the project, and then it helps you keep working on it and completing the project. Right. 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 So, just like motivation, <laughs> I think is helpful <laughs> yeah. with both with both the topics. Mm -hmm. Martha, did you want to add anything to that one? Like, what? How do you choose yeah. what to work on? Um, well, peer pressure and, <laughs> um, it really, um, also, yeah, I have a hard time with this too, like picking what to, what, picking what to do. Um, and like, I abhor, what's that? Is that the right word to use? Abhor. abhor. Oh, nature abhors a vacuum. Yes. Mm -hmm. I am like nature. I abhor a vacuum. So like now that I'm <laughs> going to be not doing the podcast, I have to stop myself from trying to start like five projects because I'm like, the reason uh -huh. they're stopping is because you don't actually have time to do a big thing, <laughs> you know? So right. um, I guess trying out little versions of things sometimes helps me where I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna mm -hmm. I'm just gonna do a game jam, you know, or I'm just gonna do uh uh like one watercolor painting. I'm not gonna try to do all of Inktober. <laughs> like just yeah. gonna try to do <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But sometimes you just gotta jump in feet first and and have faith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because you're not going to know everything about the project before you know you get into it, right? Yeah, so. and being, I guess, related to that, being comfortable not knowing if it's going to work or not knowing if you're going to finish mm -hmm. it or not knowing if you're going to fail, um, like being comfortable with that right away can help you get started. Yes, like we're just coming to terms with the possibility. <laughs> yes, yeah, like you have to. It's a risk. Any project is a risk, yeah. so you have to you have to put your put yourself out there and be okay at failing it. Like not every project is going to get finished. Not every not everything you start needs mm -hmm. to be finished. Like so, I like that yeah. one. Like not everything needs to be finished in the way that you initially started to define finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So that can help you start if you don't have all that of those expectations on it. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, especially for personal projects, right? When like you're doing it for you, you know, it's not just about the the thing that you're imagining it will be when it's done and the thing, the feelings that you're imagining you'll have when it, when it reaches that point. Like hopefully you're doing it 
because you're stretching yourself and you're pushing yourself a little bit. So it really is about like, what do you learn along the way? What do you discover? Um, Mm -hmm. That's more of a journey than a destination piece, I think. And right, right. Yeah. And you can, you can use that technique to trick yourself a little bit too. Like when I started this little menu system, my goal wasn't to finish it because I knew I probably wouldn't be able to, or I thought at the time. And my goal was to learn this new, this new API. And so I was, that might've made it easier to finish ultimately is that my goal wasn't to like get it all perfect or whatever. It was just easy. It was easier to cut ideas and scope down because all I wanted to do was, I was really just interested in reading documentation all week. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and I I got to, so it was great. Um, But you know, even uh, widget satchel, like when we, when the jam on widget satchel was done, the starting of, of, of doing the project for real what motivated me to start that because I had Metro Nexus read working, working on Metro Nexus and that was taking up most of my time. What motivated me to start working on widget satchel as a real project was that the goal wasn't to necessarily to sell it for $15 on the Nintendo switch. The goal was to learn about those stages of a project that I had not done before. And, and so, so I tricked myself, right? Because ultimately that wasn't, what the the end of that project was about and well into it i sort of lost that initial motivation but mm-hmm. it, it got me started mm-hmm. well it, it might be helpful to establish new motivation as the project continues yeah right sure. right right me framing it like a trick maybe is the wrong thing. maybe it's <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's something as you sh- a journey right a process like your yeah. motivation for starting um you you can allow it to fade away as long as you can grab on something else to keep going but maybe don't worry about what your motivation to finish is before you start, right? Just worry about what your motivation to start is yeah, and let it change or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it totally makes sense. I think, you know, it, you're not going to be the same person in two weeks as you are today. And that's not just because you as a unit are different, but also the circumstances you find yourself in are going to be different and are sometimes unpredictable. So you have to be a little, you have to be headed in the right direction, but be flexible in terms of what steps you take. Um, So I think, I don't know, thinking about where, you know, if you've set up yourself to be motivated to start, where do you start? And I want to, I listed out a bunch of ideas of like, when I have something that I'm doing that I want to begin, what are the steps in my process in getting that to a place where I can actually start making the thing in the way that it will be when it's done. So um, like if I'm redesigning a room or if I'm delaying on a woodworking project that I'm currently delaying on, um, or if I'm <laughs> thinking about a game or thinking about something that I'm gonna build, I usually start by doing like really random sketching and brainstorming just to get the ideas out on paper. And then I'll do like more learning and research and mood boards and, and wireframing to like figure out what it would take to actually make that thing. Yeah. Um, and then I gather the tools and resources I'm going to need. And then I schedule time just to start it. Like just to say, okay, my goal for this one session is make a cut on the board, you know, like actually just start doing the thing. And then I usually get way farther than I intended in that first session, but mm-hmm. just having to like schedule time just to make that first cut um, or to write that first line of code or to put that first explosive barrel into widget satchel, like that. <laughs> Scheduling time, I think, is a, a way that I have found to be effective to actually like rev the engine and go start moving the car. Yeah, yeah. 
That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good strategy. Yeah, and I, I've, I remember hearing this piece of advice in a couple places, but like, uh, if you just get, yeah, tell yourself you'll work on it for five minutes and it'll end up being 30 minutes. It'll always um, be 30 minutes. If, if but like, that's good because yeah. like you, you just want to do a small part of your pro- of a project and then like you'll end up doing a lot more. Like if you're having a hard time starting work on the project, um, that can help motivate you. Yeah. Just be like I'll do this real quick thing. And then like you finish the quick thing and you're like, oh, that's more quick things I could do. Um, right. And the quick thing just, doesn't have to be the first part of it. Yeah. Right. Like uh, I, w- I like when I come up with new ideas, I like coming up with like the logo for it mm-hmm. and it'll be thrown away eventually. But like, yeah, it, and it's but then it, it helps me like get part of it going, you know, just to break, right. the, break the seal on, on the on the whole thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Just find some arbitrary arbitrary in and, and make it small. So like you say, you plan five minutes, spend 30 or whatever. And mm-hmm. then and then suddenly you got the b- ball rolling down the hill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. So for me, after our podcast is done, our recording today, I'm going to eat something and then I'm going to go to the garage. And my plan is to turn on the sander. That's it. Oh, okay. I'm supposed to sand the stumps to make some stump end tables. That's my goal for myself. Ooh. But today, because I've had such a difficult time getting started on this, my goal is simply turn on the sander. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a process or <laughs> well, it's just literally like step sand- one? I've got to sand it, but I've never done this before. I've never used these tools before. So I'm, ah, I think okay. I realize I'm actually kind of like intimidated by them. So that's mm-hmm. why I broke ah. it down to like, okay, this is a goal you can do. Yeah. You can, on, you can turn it on. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. It's really easy. We're, we're always imagining step two or three, even if we don't yeah. think we are. Uh, but yeah, when, if you find that step one uh, of, of whatever tiny piece of it, it is, or if it's a, a project where it does, it has to start somewhere, right? Uh, then yeah, find, finding the very first thing um, is good. Yeah, and yeah, giving yourself no more demands than that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like make it stupidly easy for yourself, and then laugh at yourself for how stupidly easy it is. But that's fine; it doesn't matter. You started. Yeah, and then you'll exceed your expectations, which is even better. <laughs> yes, I turned on two <laughs> Sanders. <laughs> Yeah, and then the next day, while your sander is still on, you can maybe start sanding. <laughs> I'm going to turn yeah, them uh, off, too, Steven. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to turn them off. Okay. <laughs> wow, two things. Two, wow. Yeah, two, that's, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> I go out to the garage tomorrow. Oh, wait, there's no garage. It's been sanded to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So what do, you, what do you guys do to get yourself started? Well, like I said, I, I like to find one little piece of it. Um, and this comes from my, my like film days where like writing a script is, is like, you don't start at page one necessarily. You're like, oh, I have this idea for a scene where a character does this. I have no idea why they do it. I don't know what type of character it is. I just, this is a moment I'm interested in. And it's almost like it, it, it's, it's arbitrary and kind of feels silly. Um, but then once you've got that, then suddenly like, oh, now I know what page one is going to be or something. Mm. Um, or now I know what page six is going to be. And so I try to take that to other projects too, where if I'm, you know, working on, if I'm uh, like prototyping a design, um, I, I do kind of have a larger idea of what it's going to be. But the thing I get started on is like the dumbest little corner of it that is not relevant even to its first playable state. Um, mm-hmm. Because that can, that at least then I've got a folder with some stuff in it. Um, it's just, it, just having started is, is a big motivator to, to do the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, 
you're building something out of your mind. It's going to have to be built off of connections between the different things that are in your head. And yeah. it doesn't really matter which thread you start with. The point is yeah. that it will be connected to a billion other things. And right. you're not going to start with the whole web. You just got to start with one thing. Right. And th that thing will then inform the next thing and inform the next thing. And, you know, as it evolves, maybe that first thing you did will change or be lopped off. But it, it got it got the tapestry going, you know, I, I when I start a thing, I like to like schedule uh, a couple of days to not have anything else like distracting me and just mm. like work on that thing. So I can like procrastinate for half of the day and then work on the thing <laughs> for the other half. <laughs> um, but like that's been helpful because like I think part of it is just like uh, because I have so many other things going on. Um, I think having just having the time to recognize that I don't have to worry about those things for a bit um, and like ease into it mm -hmm. can be helpful. Just, yeah. Just to start out. And then like I'll end up working on it for a long period of time and I'll have some concrete things. And then, like, if I wanted to keep working on it later, I can uh, I can come back to it um, and like hit, pick at it, pick at like some of the project because then I have like a base that I've already started. Like, I guess kind of like you were saying, Mark, but like, yeah, more. <laughs> well, I wonder if we feel the same way about this because you were describing having some extra time to procrastinate, like scheduling yeah. it out. Um, uh, is it like one of the things I am very comfortable with when I start something? is being very inefficient. So yeah. I'll start working on something and it has six parts and they all need to be done by a certain amount of time. I, whatever schedule I've set for myself, it's one of these little projects or whatever sure. motivator I have. But I'll work on the third part, which is the least important part, and I'll work on it for way too long. And, yeah. and if I don't, then it will be harder for me to then work on the rest of it. Like I, I'm very comfortable letting myself be inefficient in those early stages. Then I start getting really strict with myself later um, but early on, like I'm, I really want to let myself waste the time because if I'm, if I'm, if I'm hard on myself there, like oh, I need to do this before I do that, because if I don't, then this work will be wasted. If I, if I start thinking of that too early, then I just, I, I kind of like prevent myself from moving forward. Yeah. Is, yeah, is that a little bit sense. of what the time you're describing helps you with, or are you a little bit more ordered than that? I mean, in terms of procrastination, I mean, I'm going to do this thing today and I'll go watch TV instead. <laughs> <laughs> and, then go, and then start working on the project. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that's helpful too. Is like being less. If you're, yeah, if you're really strict about how you're working about on the project from the beginning, uh, because like you want to start like uh, building the, the the framework or whatever for a game or whatever you're working on, then it, it might become hard to like actually feel like you're making any progress towards anything. Yeah. It feels like you're just building a framework for something that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. So like it might it might be helpful to um to work on something uh just to to work on something so that you have something finished and then like you can add on framework or adjust things so that like there is a better framework under what you've already created. Right, right. And for me, I don't care what that part is, but I think yeah. I imagine for some people it's probably more important that it's the first part. And I think mm. my, my guess is this is not universal advice. I bet some people would react not well to that. I'm curious okay. about the rest of you feel about that kind of idea. I think it's so difficult to make a thing. Just start. It doesn't need to be at the beginning. If it needs to be at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. make the beginning. Come back and see if it still makes sense later. Just start mm -hmm. something. Just turn on your sander. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's honestly, I think that's great advice. Just start. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've said, I mean, we've said, going way back, we would we just start. It was something yeah. we, we, we said in a lot of episodes early on. Uh, because back then, I think uh, a lot of our projects had been had been very nascent or even smaller, and we were really yeah. we were building ourselves up as much as we were telling listeners. Um, yeah. But that's always good advice. It's like it, mm. as long as I mean, stay true to your own uh, goals and and motivations, but just start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to say thank you to all our listeners. Um, it's been. Such a fun journey talking to you all. And it has been so fun to like go to conventions and people recognize my voice and stuff. And, and it's just been so like gratifying and, and stuff to hear all your feedback and, and to be there for you guys, be there for you all, um, on the air and in your headphones. <laughs> Thank you for the privilege. <laughs> Um, and thank you to Mark and Stephen and Ellen. Um, thank you, Mark, for taking me out to um, that bar we used to be able to go to, Town Hall. <laughs> <laughs> it was one night you were like, distant memory now. We walked to Glitch from to there from Glitch, and you were like, "Hey, do you want to do a podcast?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> um, and I, I was in such a different place then and I feel like this show has helped me grow and change and I am so grateful to everyone and especially you guys um, for that. So, thank you. Well, we are grateful for your presence and th- like that energy you brought at the start is what made this show run like from yes. that little idea to a thing that was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously, though, because you were so um, excited about working on it, I became excited because I, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but like I was nervous about being on the podcast. I don't like being recorded. So, um, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, what, uh, what a decision I made. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, because you were so excited to be on this podcast, I was excited to that all that got us going, and yeah. in the hundred and seventy-one episodes that we've done, um, you now you now leave it in a really good place. I think. Yeah. Thank you, Martha. So glad. Oh, I'm gonna cry later. Oh boy. <laughs> Thank you. That's our show. If you liked it, leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app, and tell all your friends too. If you're interested in any of the topics we talked about on the episode and want more resources, check out our website, nicegames.club. Um, like with playtesting our games, we are always looking for feedback on the podcast. You can go to nicegames.club feedback and tell us what you think. And you can also get in touch with us on Twitter at nicegamesclub and talk to Dale, who is in charge of our Twitter and likes to post pictures of cats. Or you can email us at contact at nicegames.club. Ask us questions and give us suggestions for topics, or rather give Ellen and Stephen and Mark suggestions for topics, and I will definitely be be sending in requests <laughs> as well. So. so until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice.
did it. How do I stop this recording? Oh my God. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.